I've been pastoring now for uh, going on 18 years and planting churches and, you know, grew up in a church environment and saw all sorts of things and have witnessed all sorts of things. Some of you are new to Christianity. Uh, many of you have been in church, you know, since Moses parted the Red Sea. But the fact of the matter is, no matter how long you've been here, uh, you will see some stuff. Uh, and it's imperative and important for us to make sure that our focus is right, uh, that our expectations are in order. Because oftentimes the reason why we are unable to move forward and do what it is that God has called us to do or get all that God has for us out of the church is because our expectation expectations are in disarray. And so with this in mind, man, I mean, I, I just share this. I'll never forget uh, you know, many years ago, we were in a service. My wife and I went, and there was a pastor in the city that was having a program. And so we said, you know what, we're going to go and support the pastor. Uh, you know, we because we've always had this kingdom mindset, um, and you know, just wanting to support others as we're desirous of support as well. So we went to this event. This prophet was up there, and he was declaring, and it was coming time for uh, the offering and. In this moment, you know, and you've probably been in the auction style uh, offerings, you know, can I get 100? Can I get 100? Can I get 100? Can I get it? Some of you have never seen anything like that. Uh, and if you hear anything like that, run, run, run. But anyway, we were in that environment. I keeps it real, fam. So, you know, the thing is, in this environment, one of those things, and I'm, I was so devastated. I was accustomed to seeing that, you know, the lines and all that sort of stuff. But this one guy gets up, and he gets up, and this prophet, and he says, you know, there was a time, and you know, they have, to, they have to be deep. When he's talking King James Version, you know, then you know you're even more deep, you know. And so he was talking, and he was declaring, and all this stuff, and he goes and he says that this um, woman's husband was, um, was headed for a car accident. And he saw the woman's husband, and he could see her where, she, where he was, going to this intersection, and a truck was going to come through the intersection, and was going to come through and hit her husband and he would be killed if she did not give him a thousand dollars right now. Uh, Y'all think this stuff is, you thought it was just confined to the uh, late night TV shows. But no, it was one of those moments where we were there, we were hearing him give this testimony to uh, what, it was such a strong spirit of manipulation where people were fearful uh, people were fearful in that moment, and they, he used this story as a backdrop to then ask for money. And it was like, man, what on earth is happening in this moment? Yes, you are to compel people to give. But even as the Bible says, I'm going to share some scriptures with you, even as the Bible declares even around giving in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 10, he says in verse 7, each one must give, speaking about sowing into the ministry, as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, and here's this one, not under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver, not a fearful giver. And so a lot of you, the reason why you give is because you're fearful. As opposed to, a lot of you, the reason why you respond to the word of God, I don't want to go to hell, man. And it's not out of love, it's not out of cheer, it's not in response to what God has done for you, but it's oftentimes out of fear that sometimes will come from manipulative leaders. 
And this is why I always tell y'all, and you, I want you to understand that nobody, I'm not telling you to do nothing in terms of you giving. That, is, that should be your choice. It should be as you have prayed. Pray and ask God, what is it? And you give in proportion to how he has blessed you. Can God tell a leader to tell you something to give? Yes, but he's not going to do it on the backdrop of fear or compulsion about horrible things and terrible things that will happen if you don't. And that, so that was a devastating experience, to say the least, in that moment. You know, and fact of the matter is, when I came here to, uh, to Canada, I've seen one of the things that's most devastating to me is there are so many that are new to the faith. We get to baptize people all the time. We get to see Christians come to faith. Uh, but I would say that I have met an even greater number of people who have been hurt by the faith. That have been, let me speak more specifically, not the faith in general, but have been broken by bad leadership. And so Surf City in many regards, and I don't say this in a prideful way by any means, you know, it is a, it is a difficult journey uh, along the way trying to make sure that we walk lines and continue to honor uh, God and honor people, but understanding that there is a big uh, ministry of, of restoration that has been necessary uh, in this nation, and I will say beyond. Are y'all with me on this morning? I'm just talking about this stuff. And then, you know, fact of the matter is it's not just from the leadership, but it's oftentimes people, we've seen people, idolizing leaders and so leaders can do whatever they want come on somebody but because that's bishop or because that's apostle or because that's prophet or pastor are y'all gonna stay with me today we oftentimes will idolize them based upon a title when in fact watch this uh, a title is supposed to be even if these people are arrogant and lording over people as the bible through peter encourages not to be the case as it pertains to leadership the fact is uh your title is supposed to be indicative of your towel not your ivory tower come on somebody can we just talk about boundaries and so it's imperative, it's important, it's important for us to understand this thing goes wet both ways because not only the idolizing of leadership, but also I've been able to witness uh, people make it their vocation to use, abuse, and destroy leaders. Can I just talk about it? And I've seen many pastors die in the pulpit because of stress from people who just won't be just get on board with what God is telling them to lead and do in the house. My thing is, it's hundreds of churches, thousands of churches. If you can't be in a house and agree with what is going on in the house, then go find another one. You know? But standing as a part of a church, come on, and making it your agenda to rebel against the vision that God has given. God has given one vision, not division. Division is literally two visions. Oh, are you with me? 
And so it's imperative for us to have a healthy perspective as it pertains to leadership. I love this scripture. Let's go right there uh, to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 because I want to help us to have a healthy perspective of what leadership is supposed to look like, spiritual leadership should look like, and the boundaries that are important for us as we are moving forward and as we are a part of God's church. Are you still with me? So Bible says he gave, he gave, somebody say he gave. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So this is, this is speaking uh, about after Jesus has accomplished the work of the cross, which we're getting ready to celebrate in a concentrated fashion during Easter. He dies, he uh, resurrects from death, and as he goes to heaven, he ascends. But as he ascends, he gives gifts to the body of Christ. He gives gifts to his bride. He gives gifts to his body. And so these roles, these offices that I just read in Ephesians chapter 11, they are known as the fivefold ministry. Somebody say the fivefold ministry. Or they can be seen as some would say the fourfold. And I'll tell you in a second why. Because the last two sometimes are considered one in the same. Or one is a function of the other. And so here's point number one for you. I want you to write this down. I want you to get this. Spiritual leaders, here it is, are a gift from God to you. That's good enough to say. Somebody say spiritual leaders are a gift from God to you spiritually he says he gave them he gave gifts to men if you read the context and the idea is he gave these spiritual leadership offices and here is the reason why he does so in verse 12 here it is to equip the saints in other words to equip you for the work of the ministry for the building up not the manipulation not the breaking down but for the building up, somebody say the building up, the building up of the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood. So it's for the sake of maturity to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Here it is so that we are no longer uh, to be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried away. By every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. There is all sorts of stupidness, man, that is out there today. And people are postulating and encouraging you to follow things. You see, some of y'all wonder why y'all always on this ancient stuff. Because I want to make sure that we do not and you all do not get tossed to and fro by the foolishness that is being positioned and put out there as godly. But it is pointing you to the worship of yourself. And not the worship of God. Yes, you and I are black and I am blackity black, 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 especially this month. And I am absolutely proud to be a black man. Come on, somebody. But you better trust and believe that I will not worship my blackness. Come on. And any religion that causes you to worship a skin tone over the Savior is not a religion that is of God. 
And too many of us today, I'm seeing videos of black people walking around having white people kissing their boots and all sorts of foolishness like this. Come on, in the name of God, I'm trying to encourage you to understand now more than ever, do we need apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers, come on somebody, and evangelists to stand flat-footed as the gifts that God has given to his body to help to make sure that they are walking in godliness and their faith is maturing. Are you with me? Yes, sir. So I don't have time to break down all of these offices, uh, but I want you to understand that last one, shepherds, in the translation we're reading, uh, it's the Greek word poimen. Somebody say poimen. And it's also indicative of pastor. And so, and teacher, it's usually uh, the word shepherd because that's what pastors are to do. They are to shepherd. They are to shepherd, they are to cover, they are to protect. And so the fact of the matter is that this is important for us to understand this role. When you, when, as it pertains to spiritual leadership, they are God's gift to you. This is why you can't just, you see some people uh, think that just staying at home and reading your Bible, come on somebody. It's okay, me and Jesus, you know, I don't need this church thing. This church thing is just a trip. And, you know, I can just stay at home with my little devotional book. And, yes, read your devotional book. Do all of that. Make sure you have your prayer time. Come on. You can pray. Uh, you can pray in the night and get up and pray in the morning. You can do whatever. Make sure you have your prayer time. But the but God has not called you to just have a personal experience. He has gifted pastors and leaders to be a gift to you. And so pastors and leaders have a special grace. Oh, I don't, I brought all my amens with me on this morning. Come on, somebody. Because the fact of the matter is that you have been given, a pastors and leaders have been given a special grace and uh, to be able to serve and cover and lead and feed and challenge and grow you. Come on. And, so, and help to direct you. So there are things that we will see that, uh, that you need to hear that you won't see by just being at home studying for yourself. Not because we're better than than you but because we have been gifted God has graced us specifically and I'm speaking on behalf of all who have this call to be able to equip you for the working of the ministry and to build you up come on somebody and so it's important for us to understand what the roles are but then now can I and actually no I'm even going to show you this one Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 write this one down too this is important because this is in context I want you to get this. Bible says, obey your leaders and submit to them. See, I'm not making it up. For they are keeping watch over your souls. So uh, the agenda of the pastoral leader is to watch over your souls. The fivefold is to watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. So I have to give an account for how I watch over your soul. And then he says, let them do this with joy and not with groaning. In other words, don't be a headache. Oh, y'all don't want me to be real today. For that would be of no advantage to you. So there's a command in scripture to make sure that you are positioning yourself to submit and listen and learn from spiritual leaders. Yes, have your private time with Jesus, but position yourself to make sure that you are hearing from God's gifts to you. Are you with me? But can I give you point number two? Here it is. Not only are they God's gift to you, but remember, notice it says they will have to give an account. Here it is. Don't just take your leader's word for it. So, this, so this, See, now we're drawing the line because there's some people like, obey me. Come on, somebody. Do what I say, but not what I do. 
but it's imperative for you not just to take to take my word for it. That's why I tell you all the time. It's important for you to go and study for yourself. Come on, somebody. The, and the agenda of the pastor is not, and the leader, spiritual leader, is to feed you, but you're supposed to go and suss it out because I could be lying to you. I am not infallible. Are you with me? So the fact of the matter is, I love the Bereans in Acts chapter 17. The Bereans, they were individuals that were Jews. Uh, and what was happening is, as the apostle Paul, here it is, Paul and Silas came their way. And, and the Bible says, watch this in verse 11. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness. Here it is. So there was the eagerness. Examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. We live in a generation where leaders, this is where the line is drawn because a lot of leaders don't want you to question what is being shared. Come on, somebody. But if it's truth, it can stand all by itself. Come on, somebody. If it's truth, I want you to go and find it out for yourself. Don't just believe me or anything that you hear on a YouTube channel that has a reverend or an apostle or something in front of it. You better get that Bible out and study for yourself because a lot of people today, we're just receiving stuff from everyone with a title and the fact is where many of us are duped because it sounds cute but we're not checking the bible for ourselves are you with me god is calling us i want you listen man i should not be the only one that knows the things of god listen i should not be the only one that understands the importance of church history and liturgy and all this stuff some of us looking like they're in headlights and it's not because you don't have access come on somebody because i'm telling you go and study for yourself god wants to use you and i come on he don't i can't pastors not gonna show up on your job come on to encourage the person that's, that's asking you questions you ought to study come on Timothy to show yourself approved can I just talk a workman that needs not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth many of us run around here talking about we're Christians and if someone asks you why you they should serve Jesus and not Muhammad or Sudarta Gutama you have no clue because the only time you crack your Bible is when you hear me yelling at you and running back and forth on Sunday mornings. Help us, God! said, I'm supposed to equip you. I'm supposed to mature you. Everybody, if the only time you, only babies need to sit in the high chair to get fed. If the only time you get fed is when you show up, come on somebody. No, you and I get to the, should get to the place where we have a healthy balance, where there's a boundary line, where we're not completely just reliant on leadership, but we are stoked and inspired to go home and become self-feeders. Oh, can I talk this morning? So look, Bereans, I know, and see some pastors like, oh, you can't tell people that because then they're not going to listen to you. Listen, man, I don't want you attributing to me what is supposed to be given to God. Come on. I don't want for you to just be coming listening to me when you should study for yourself. Listen, I am not raising a church of just a strong platform. I want to see a church that is full of strong people that pastor this 
city that go into the hedges and the highways and preach the gospel to every creature who's with me on this morning I want to hear testimonies about how you laid hands on the sick and they recovered come on instead of you having to call the pastor be like pastor come lay hands that you went up into the hospital and said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk I wonder if it's a church in this place that knows that that's the type of church we're supposed to be listen man test this water you don't know where I got the water from could have got it from the toilet help so he said that's what it's for maturing so don't just take your leader's word for it come on somebody and I'm not telling you to go here now with just an overly critical attitude because you know we got this Google generation. You can't take stuff from nobody. Yeah, build trust and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you better make sure that you are not just taking stuff and running with it as if it's thus saith the Lord. Especially when people be taking stuff out of context. Can I tell you another one? Y'all still with me? Watch this. Here's the boundary line. Your pastor is your leader, not your Lord. He's your leader, watch this, not your Lord. And we live in a generation that is all about idolizing these people who has the coolest, you know, we got a whole website, preachers with sneakers. And all sorts of things. Whoever has the coolest shoes nowadays, whoever is dressed the coolest. You know, that's why a lot of people, they make fun and they look at churches that, are, uh, that wear robes and things of this nature every, sun, every Sunday. You know why they do that? They do that so that your focus isn't on what you, what the pastor's wearing. Come on, somebody. But the idea is that it's supposed to be ascent. It's supposed to point you up because it's mirroring the things of heaven as opposed to just you looking at, oh, look at what they have on today. Are you with me? And all the other names fade away. Listen, and so this is why I love it. In Acts chapter 14, verse 8 through 15, we see where the apostle Paul and them, they cause a man to, uh, they cause uh, some, uh, there's a man that, that is able to be healed. And in this moment as he's healed, and he springs up, verse 11, when the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying to uh, Lysonian, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Barnabas they called Zeus, who's a Greek god, and Paul Hermes, which is his assistant, because he was the chief speaker. And the priest of Zeus, whose temple was at the entrance of the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates and wanted to offer sacrifice with the crowds. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard it, they tore their clothes. They tore their clothes, the Bible says, and rushed out into the crowds, crying out, men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of like nature with you. And we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God. So they don't take the worship of people. Come on, somebody. But they say, let all the other names fade away. Come on. Zeus cannot stand in the name of God. How about this? But when they go and they say, Paul and Barnabas can't stand when it comes to God. I'm not receiving worship that belongs to God. Stop this foolishness and worship the Lord. People would stop worshiping and attempting to worship gifts and communicators. Come on, somebody. And people in this position and singers and dancers and, and leaders that have more degrees than a thermometer 
fact of the matter is, if leaders would then in reverse turn around and say, don't worship me, but worship God, if they would do it, you would see a lot of this, a reverse of a lot of the hurt that is happening in a church context right now. Because worship is being misplaced. Are you with me? Talking about boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. So your pastor is your leader, not your Lord. Here we go. I got two more and I'm done. Watch this. A leader's life should match their lips. So you're talking about boundaries because a lot of us following people, making excuses for folk. And I'm not talking about perfection. I am. The only reason I get to be here is because of that no perfect people allowed. But there are a lot of people that are doing grave and heinous things. Come on, somebody. With absolutely no accountability. And I've heard it said, you know, God is the only boss that will fire you and let you keep working. And there are a lot of people still working. And we're seeing because the gifts and calls, watch me, of God are without repentance. People still allowing things to happen. And we don't realize Matthew 7 is going to show up. Oh, can I just give a rebuke and watch it? Matthew 7, Jesus says that there are people that are going to show up before the throne and say, we cast out devils in your name. Come on, somebody. We prophesied in your name. We heal folk in your name. In Matthew chapter 7, towards the end of the chapter. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you just because folk are healing people we we running after signs we running after miracles instead of running after the savior running after the flashiest and people doing stupid stuff and and breaking up homes and overthrowing and all sorts of stuff and we're still running after everything with a title we've got to hold leaders accountable including me I am not, I'm not irreplaceable. Come on, somebody. The fact of the matter is if I do something dumb, I have a level, I have several overseers. I have a pastor who just texts me before I got up here that holds me accountable. Come on, somebody. And I care about you to the place and they care about you to the place where I cannot get up here and act a fool and still be preaching tomorrow. Don't work like that. Your life needs to line up with your lips. Oh, can I just call us back to holiness? Come on, somebody. Can holiness without which? Come on. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. We don't like this type of stuff. Holiness without which no one will see the Lord. It's Apostle Paul. He says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Here's Bible. We don't like talking about this stuff, but I'm going to talk about it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 26 and 27. This is the Apostle Paul that is full of power and doing all sorts of incredible things. And this is what he says of himself. Oh, God help. He says, so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the ear. In other words, what I'm doing, I'm not doing for the sake of vanity. Because when you box the air, it's all about you looking cute, but it's not actually doing anything. Here what he says, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself shall be disqualified. Man. I don't care if y'all shout amen. I don't care if you run around here. Come on, somebody. I don't care about it. All of that is cool. Pat on the backs and all that is wonderful. But more valuable to me than that is a well done, my good and my faithful servant. And 
enter in to the joy of the Lord come on somebody when all of the crowds go away when all of everything else fades away it's going to be you and God come on when they're no longer chanting your name when the billboard charts are burnt up in hell fire at the end of the day and I'm not talking about the people I'm talking about the system when it's done and it's over the fact of the matter it's going to be you and God it's going to be me and God and Paul says I'm not going through this life wasting my life to then end up being in a place where I am disqualified he says in James chapter 3 verse 1 not many of you should become teachers my brothers for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness so your leader's life should line up with their lips i'm not talking about perfection but if they are wanting you to be a repentant person you, they, you should see repentance in their lives if they're talking about holiness, you should see them striving to walk in holiness. If they want you to listen, I tell people all the time, how on earth do I want people to listen to me as their pastor if I'm not listening to mine? If we're listening, if I want you to follow my leadership, you should see me under submission and following leadership as well. Are y'all with me? And so it's imperative for us to set up this boundaries. And I'm going to leave, I'm going to end on this one for you here. Watch this. A leader is supposed to instruct and equip, not force or manipulate. So look, my agenda and my assignment and every leader within that, four, that five or fourfold ministry within the context of Ephesians 4 verse 11 and onward, the agenda is supposed to be that, watch this, that we instruct and encourage you, equip you with the tools that you need. But we're not to manipulate or force you. This is where the boundary line comes. Watch this. If, if I shouldn't have to manipulate you. It is your choice to do and to act, to obey your spiritual leaders, to follow that which is shared with you. It is your choice whether or not you're going to do what is shared with you. Are you with me? A lot of times prophetic words come forward and people miss what God has said, not because the prophet or the pastor or the person was lying, but because oftentimes people don't realize that prophetic words take prophetic work. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 1 through 3, Moses is recounting to the Israelites about their journey. Oh, I believe God is going to do something. Watch this. He says, these are the words that Moses spoke to all Israel beyond the Jordan in the wilderness, in the Arabah opposite Suf, between Paran and Tophel, Laban, Hazaroth, and Dizahab. Watch this. It is 11 days journey from Horeb by the way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Barnea. Watch this. Somebody say 11 days. 40, verse 3 says, in the 40th year of the first day of the 11th month, Moses spoke. When Moses shared with the children of Israel the promise that God gave them to bring them into the promised land. It was an 11 day journey. But even though Moses prophesied and shared that it would take 11 days, 40 years later. They made it in after generations had passed. Are you hearing me? Because they did not put to practice 
the things that Moses shared. In fact, they got Moses to the place where he struck the rock when he was supposed to speak to it. And he didn't even make it into the promised land. Are you hearing this? I want you to get this. It's imperative. An 11 day journey took 40 years because they would not follow what it was that was shared. James 1, 21 and 20 through 25, and I'm done. Here we go. Here we are. It says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Watch this. But be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Deceiving yourself. I can get up here and yell at you about how powerful giving is and what the Lord has done. I can tell you all this stuff, whatever. But until you grab it for yourself, I can tell you the benefit of in this and more in the moment, the penitential moment where you and I, if we come with a contrite heart, that when the man or woman of God declares the forgiveness of the Lord over us, that we can receive forgiveness and also be free from guilt at that moment as according to John chapter 20 as Jesus empowered the, his disciples and his, uh, and, his, and his ministers to do so. But unless you, if you don't grab it, you won't get the best out of it. I can tell you about the benefit of loving your neighbor and blessing those that curse you and all that stuff, not repaying evil with evil. I can stand up here and tell you that all your life. And God has stuff that he wants to do in you. But the fact of the matter is, fact of the matter is, that as much as he wants to do, you and I have the responsibility, come on somebody, to not just be the hearer, but also the doer of the word. And so I want to end with this. I want to tell you, I want to call you, man, to make sure you establish proper boundaries as it pertains to leadership. And for those of you who have been hurt because you have crossed the line or because someone else has crossed the line, I want to say I'm so sorry that these things have happened. But God, God's desire is not, watch this, because of one bad leader or leaders, God does not want this to ruin your relationship with him or his church. fact of the matter is you need to understand you still need Jesus and you still need a pastor and all of those other leaders that were listed in that role they're all necessary for your maturation as a Christian